Well, here we are at the end. It hasn't been very long, only three weeks spanning three seasons. Um, But as we know, uh, in this earthly plane, things come to an end. The good news, the gospel that we receive is Jesus helps us to know and to see when things are able to move on. And so this is where we find ourselves in the middle with the gospel of Ted Lasso, which began with that word, believe. So this sign has meant a lot um, to the people impacted over those three seasons. From the first day Coach Lasso arrived and taped this sign right above his office door, this became a symbol of hope. And it filled a need that the team uh, that he met was experiencing. In fact, not just the team, but he saw that it was the entire community who needed to remember what it meant to hope and to believe again. And that need was met so well that the team forgot why they needed to believe in the first place, because all of their hopes, all their uh, aspirations, everything that made them great, everything that made them who they were, they realized that it was all wrapped up in a sign. Gentlemen, hey, that was a tough one tonight, okay? Man City has still got our number. That, that's all right. We're going to get another crack at them later in the season. All we need to win are the fellas in this room right now. And all you fellas need to do is believe it. Oh! That's it, we do. Okay, we're not doomed. No one is doomed. But bumper catch, yes, you're right. It is a sign. I agree. Yeah. Fact is, it's just a sign. All right, guys, listen to me. Belief doesn't just happen because you hang something up on a wall. All right? It comes from in here, you know? And up here, down here. Only problem is we all got... So much junk floating through us, a lot of times we end up getting in our own way. Oh, man. To believe in yourself, to believe in one another, man, that's, that's fundamental to being alive. And look, yo, hey, if you can do that, if each of you can truly do that, Can't nobody rip that apart. When Jesus first arrived and when he first gathered those disciples, it all came from two words. Follow me. And that's exactly what they did. Now, it wasn't just because of Jesus's charisma Maybe I would argue it's not it wasn't even because of his divine providence. It was part of that. But the other part of that was they needed him and they needed someone to follow. They needed someone to show them that there was a better way. And so when he gathered those first disciples, they believed in everything that he said and everything that he did because it was so concrete. It was it was so real. It was so dynamic. And it all happened right there in front of them. They believed in his power 
But is that really what Jesus intended? Is that really what he preached? Is that really how he lived? Because Jesus also talked about, maybe more importantly, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God being about change and about transformation, that everything that he did was for us to do as well, to follow, to be those stories of how the kingdom of God is alive here on earth. Stories about finding the lost, stories about forgiving one another. Stories about God's commandments not being a burden, but something to free us, something to empower us, to set us free. In other words, Jesus taught us that what we believe comes through in how we live. Not by a sign, not by an object, but how we live as disciples of Jesus Christ. We can't put that in an object. Objects can help. They can help us. They can help us to see. They can help us to hear. They can be that outward visible sign of an inward spiritual grace. But what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God being here on earth is that we are symbols as well. And not by how we look, but by what we do, by how we live. That's the greatest symbol of all. In fact, at one point in the Gospel of John, Jesus talks about these objects, including the object we call Scripture. He says, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you will find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. Here I am, Jesus says. Here I am right here, standing right here in front of you. And you are not willing to receive from me the life you say you want. What does it mean to follow Jesus if we are not willing to take the steps Jesus is going? Do we believe enough in Jesus and the life that he shows us that we are willing to live that life? And the second question is, what do we do when Jesus leaves? Have you had this experience when maybe a a teacher or a coach or a mentor, really all of those things and probably so much more have told you that it's their time to move on? Actress Drew Barrymore, who played the little girl in E.T., she would say years later, any time that she had a scene where she had to cry in the movie, she said Steven Spielberg, the director, who was also kind of a father figure to her, would come up to her, kneel down and say, I have to go away now. And it would work every single time. Because hearing those words from someone that we love so much, someone that we looked up to saying, I have to go. It's like our whole world goes with them. It's like everything breaks down. This person who has meant everything to us, who has done so much for us, who has changed us so profoundly, so deeply, this person who has changed everything. And maybe for us, it is a coach or a teacher or a mentor, maybe a pastor, maybe a parent. 
Do we start to get a glimpse maybe of what the disciples were feeling when Jesus started talking about how he had to leave them? And of course, Jesus, not just being an amazing teacher, not just being an amazing coach, an amazing mentor, Jesus not even being just an amazing savior, Jesus being God incarnate, especially in the Gospel of John, Jesus as God saying to the people, I have to leave. And then God recognizing that pain, recognizing what they were going through and speaking to it as he did in that moment when he presented them the table. He says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. It's okay. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe, Jesus says. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And so you know the place where I am going. And Thomas, being one of the disciples, speaks to the fear or the anxiety that perhaps we have when someone we love is about to leave. And he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. If you know me, you know God. If you know me, you know my father. From now on, you do know God and you have seen God because I am with you. Now, I have to confess, I struggle with this passage of John 14. I always have. The older I get, the more I struggle with it. One of the reasons I struggle with it is because this was my dad's uh, favorite passage. And part of the reason it was his favorite passage is for the line that I excluded. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because for centuries, this has been used as a justification to exclude people. This kind of simple phrase of if you don't follow Jesus, then you don't know God or that you don't have access to God. This is what I preached about when I gave his eulogy and I talked about how we saw this differently because from my study, from my experience, from not just scholastic, but also from life, this is a very personal moment with Jesus and his people. I mean, imagine us having an intimate conversation that then gets published for everybody to read would they totally get everything that we meant in that conversation, in that exchange? Jesus says, I am the way. If you know me, if you know the way, you don't have anything to fear. And this isn't as a way to say everybody else doesn't get it or won't receive it. He is talking to the people in the room he is with in this very intimate moment. In other words, this is for the people hearing him right then and there. So what does it mean for us 2,000 years later on the other side of the planet? 
Jesus is giving people assurance who feel fear when they think that he is no longer with them. He is assuring them this is not the end of the story because he says, I am coming back. And even until I come back, you will see me again if we know where to look. And so in that last episode of Ted Lasso, when he's told everybody that he's leaving, that he's going back home, that he's going back to Kansas, he's having conversations with people one-on-one, trying to assure them, trying to let them know that life does go on. And in one of those conversations, he looks up at that blank spot and he says, you know, I look up there and I still see it. I still see it. Maybe not unlike some of the conversations that the disciples had with each other. Coach has to leave. So for those of us who are still here, how do we go on? How do we go on when our teacher, our mentor, our savior has moved on? Where do we go from here? Someone uh, on the team or who has been going along with the team writes a book. It's a book about Coach Lasso and he gives it a title, The Lasso Way. And so this way of Ted Lasso, it arguably came Uh, to us at the exact right time. Season one happened during the pandemic, during a time when we were all still isolated. We were separate from each other. We were wearing masks. We were hiding our faces. We were hiding maybe what we were going through on a day-to-day basis. There was so much we were separated by because of our circumstances. And here comes this series that in many ways is kind of like Sesame Street for adults. This story that helped remind us, what does it mean to forgive each other? What does it mean to treat people with respect? What does it mean to see people as they truly are? What does it mean to coach one another so that we feel empowered and that we feel proud by being the person we are meant to be? It was a phenomenon that shaped an entire world and helped us to remember to believe. And so at the end of this series, When Ted sees that book that has been written about him, he writes some notes on it. He says, it's a great book. Love it. I only have one change. It's not about me. It never was. The good news, the gospel of Ted Lasso has elements of what Jesus taught. Forgiveness, compassion, acceptance, reaching out, joy, hope. What it means to believe. These are the fruits of the Spirit. So it's all there. Now, of course, it wasn't Ted Lasso's job to point us to the way of Christ or what it means to be a good Christian or a better Christian. But it did help us to remember what it means to be human. That it's okay to be human. That it's okay for us to believe. So now... What do we do? What do we do when our teacher, our mentor, our coach, our savior moves on? Jesus tells us exactly what we do. Live. 
live and abide in me as I live and abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. If if you keep my commandments, you will live in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and live and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. This is how you live. Love one another as I have loved you. When we live out Jesus' commandments, when we do what he did, when we live out his teachings, this is the part of the resurrection we get to have right now. That when we do what Christ did, we live in him as we see and experience him living in us. To be able to keep Jesus, all we need to do is be like Jesus. To live the way Jesus lived. To live out his commandments, but to also live out his ministry. And when we do this, we see him again. We still see it. And we see him seeing us. Well, fellas, we got our work cut out for us in the second half. But, you know, I'll get to all that in a minute. No, uh, right now, all I want to do is let you gentlemen know what an absolute honor it's been to be your coach. Getting to work with you all these last three years has truly been one of the greatest experiences of my life. I've loved getting to know each and every single one of you. Learning all about the men you were and get in front row seat to see the men y'all become. If y'all play hard, play smart, play together and just, you know, just do what y'all do. And we'll go out with a peace of mind knowing we did our best. Right? That we tried. Yeah? All right. Anybody else have something to say? Good. Yes, and we got.
I know folks like to say, there's no place like home. That's true. Man, there ain't a whole lot of places like AFC Richmond either. Captain. Original free. One, two, three. Free! It stays with you. He stays with you. And that's the gospel. And so as we go forth, may these not only be words that we sing, may they be the way that we live as followers of Jesus Christ. For as Christ has given himself to us this day, so may we go out in the belief that Christ goes with us so that we may give of ourselves to each other. And may we go in peace. Amen.